Thank you for being a listener of the Women in Tech podcast. To support the podcast and cheer us on, become an MVL Most Valuable Listener on our private feed where you'll have ad-free episodes and join us in Zoom meetups to meet other listeners of our podcast community. Go to womenintech.love, linked in the show notes. Yes, you can wait until tomorrow, and there's always a great excuse to wait. Or you can be kind to yourself and true to yourself and take that opportunity to start putting wheels in motion to get towards your greatest opportunity, which is investing in you. My name is Esprit Devora, host of The Women in Tech Show. The show means a lot to me. The reason why I wanted to create The Women in Tech Show is I wanted to create a positive piece of content, something where people can listen and say, if she can do it, so can I. I call it actionable empowerment. Every single episode, you'll hear the story of a fantastic woman in tech, from engineers to founders to investors to journalists to designers, all sorts of different females in tech who have thrived. I want to share their stories with you so that you can can know what resources, mentors, and life situations they accessed in order to get to where they are today. Enjoy. Hi, everyone. My name is Brian Nickerson. I'm guest hosting on Women in Tech. I'm here today with the lovely Stephanie Sanborn, CEO and founder of Voyant. Stephanie, welcome to the show. Thank you for that introduction, Brian. <laughs> <laughs> lovely. I'll take it on a late Friday. <laughs> with the sun shining, the birds chirping, it's, yes. a, it's a good day. Yes. Good day to be lovely. <laughs> it, it, it is a good day. I know. I have like a, a song playing in my head now, which is good. This will be a what's, good rhythm. Uh, what's, what's the song? What are we You remember, um, oh gosh, uh, the lovely day. Lovely day. Like that's kind of what's playing <laughs> oh, in my yes. head. And yes. uh, give me a moment. No, let's keep going. I'll, it'll come to me and I'll just interrupt <laughs> this flow. <laughs> we, got, we got some good dance flow to start it up. It's, <laughs> it's good. Um, so tell us about Voyant. Oh, um, yes. So Voyant was started two years ago and it was a combination of my experience in advertising. And so what Voyant is specifically is a brand activation platform. And uh, perhaps, you know, backing up a little bit what brand activations are. So everybody's very familiar with advertising. Advertising is about 25% of a marketer's budget and 60% is brand activation. So it's everything from brand integration, product integration, e-commerce, uh, cause marketing, and, and influencer marketing. Mm -hmm. So what, what, what I found was there was an opportunity to bring a supply chain and a demand side to brand activations because it doesn't exist today. Mm -hmm. So we've had a lot of fun just uh, moving in a direction that is some white space. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, sometimes it's white <laughs> space. And it also gets very confusing for people. I, you know, how do you, how do you express that there's a white space, but you're not in it today? And therefore yeah. technology can kind of build this bridge between where you are today and the experience that consumers demand. Um, yeah for tomorrow. And you've, you've done the advertising thing at a very high level. Yes. Yes. Can you share your background a bit? Cause yeah. it's, it's pretty awesome and unique. Oh, thanks, Brian. Um, it's certainly a, a space that I love. I should yeah. start with, I've always had a passion for communications and video in particular is kind of my expertise, if you will. So media, television, and my experience has been building out global supply chains for advertising platforms. So whether it was being the first, it sounds kind of silly, back in 2000, 
bringing an HD advertising platform to the market. It was the first. Um, wow. So imagine you had ESPN and NBCs of the world moving to HD, and we're in the business of communication and uh, brand equity. And you'd be watching this pristine vi- this game, and then all of a sudden the advertising, number one, it's interrupting. And then secondarily, the ad is this tiny little letterboxed um, you know, Gladiator back in 2000, I remember, was a big uh, a movie release or an automotive or even, you know, as simple as a beer commercial. But if you're in the business of communication and brand equity and you go from pristine to letterboxed, it's, it's a jarring experience for the consumer. So at a macro level, I've been using platforms and technology to bring marketers and media together to enhance the viewer experience or and today we call it the user experience. Wow. <laughs> yeah. And so we, we built that supply chain um, from creative to consumption is what wow. we called it. So 85% of the commercials that you would see on television came through one of our shops. And wow. then we would move it across the world in upwards of 75 different languages. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But then Such I quickly a- realized I've been building content platforms for, you know, content that nobody wants to see. Everybody's skipping ads today, right? <laughs> right. Well, you used to have, you used to not be able to. You used to not be able to. Not to say that you used to not want to. Right. <laughs> you just used to, you know, not be able to. And yeah. so I think that that's really where the opportunity lies for marketers and media today. Yeah. Make the content so amazing that you want to watch it. Make it so amazing. And then furthermore, what we've found, and you probably know this as well, but 84% of people are searching for something that's video related when they're watching the video. Right. And what's fascinating, not to throw too many statistics, but it just kind of says that there's a big opportunity and also a big missed opportunity. Because mm-hmm. the way that you search today is to go to Google search and it's disconnected from your viewing experience. It's also right. not curated. So if we can bring these experiences back to the video and enable marketers to service people in those moments of their greatest inspiration, that's what we want to do. Yeah, that's amazing. That's, to me, very <laughs> exciting. So what, for you, what was the desire to move from sort of executive corporate life into <laughs> being, being an entrepreneur? Yeah, that's a great one, actually, Brian, because it stems back to even childhood. To You know, I think I finally realized that I was saying to myself I was an entrepreneur which means I was at, at large corporations and I always would kind of run skunk works or um, I would be the first one to raise my hand to say I wanted to do something new or start a new division. And so that was being an entrepreneur. It's fascinating how different it is to be an entrepreneur and yeah. to be outside of the comforts and the support system and mechanisms that you get used to mm-hmm. at being at a large corporation. So um, why I got into it, I've always wanted to start my own business. And, uh, and I think this was just the time in my life where everything was coming together. I had just built that global platform that I mentioned, moving vast majority of advertising that you see across the world. That realization that, um, <laughs> that, realization that nobody wants to see this content that I'm delivering and that there was this big white space. Mm-hmm. And I knew for the first time in my life that if I didn't go for it, mm. that I might never have this window of opportunity again. Mm-hmm. And I couldn't face myself. Every day in the mirror, 
getting ready for work, I had to say, is this the day? Yeah. Is this the day that you're going to trust yourself enough to take a chance? Wow. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, so many people, these moments, right? Uh, there's big moments in some of those little, those little times, right? Like I, I think of all the people who, you know, want to start a company, desire yeah. to become an entrepreneur. And, and there's something that's, there's, it's usually fear-based. There's something in their way of like, how, like, can I take that step? What do I need yeah. to do? Right. And that your story is inspirational there. I think that others can learn from it. Like for you, what was like, was it just too many days in the mirror where you're like, I gotta make a change? <laughs> or, um, what, a couple like, of different things. Yeah, yeah. yeah, no, thank you for asking because, yeah, there are too many days in the mirror where you keep, and, and I've found this a couple of times where I say I'm going to do something. And then, as we were saying, it's nearly May and yeah. <laughs> time is really escaping me. And then I had a little, a child, a little girl. Uh -huh. And I thought to myself, what would I say to that little girl? If she came to me and said, I want to start a business and I've always wanted to do this, I would say, great, let's sit down, let's do your business plan and let's go. And I wasn't doing it for myself. Yeah. So you have to have that awareness that, yes, you can wait until tomorrow and there's always a great excuse to wait or you can be kind to yourself and true to yourself and take that opportunity to start putting wheels in motion to get towards your greatest opportunity, which is investing in you. Yeah, so true. So when you started the company, you were already a mom. I was, so which like, one would say I was crazy. Time, plenty of free time, <laughs> like nothing going on, right? Yeah, just sitting back. <laughs> um, I mean, because yeah. that's an extra level of complication, right? You, you, you'll hear people have fear when they're, you know, 28 years old, maybe they don't, or, yeah. or in some situation in life where maybe they, they aren't married, they don't have kids, right? There's sure. other parts of life that haven't, you know, maybe haven't like flourished yet. Mm -hmm. um, and they still have that fear to start. And so for someone who, who had all that, right, going yeah. on and still to step out and be that example for your daughter, I mean, that's inspiration on so many levels. Well, and it's interesting because I have a great support system mm -hmm. at home. Um, so I have a wonderful husband that gives me support. I have an incredible family that gives me encouragement. They don't really know. Neither of my parents are entrepreneurs. So it's not necessarily that I have a role model. Uh, what I have is a genuine fire in my belly to yeah. always be learning. And I have an incredible support system at home. And the rest of it really when you commit to something, you, you build your own support system and infrastructure. Um, I will tell you the, the fear, because we talked about fear base. Mm -hmm. uh, I wasn't at the time, again, coming from corporate America. I was eight and a half months pregnant, running all around the world, closing business, doing big partnerships, and afraid to express the fact that I was pregnant. So I was hiding wow. it. So for me, it was almost a coming out party in the sense that, yes, I am a mom. Yes, I am an entrepreneur. Huh. Yes, my husband is helping me start this business. It is my business. But when you start to talk to the venture capital community and others, they don't want to hear that. So right. there was an element of fear and unknown about what can I say? I'm, I'm really well versed in corporate America. I'm not so versed in this new community and this new mm -hmm. way of life, and I'm not exactly sure how to tackle it. Mm -hmm. So there was some fear, um, but different kind of fear. So 
as you develop support around yourself through that, what yeah. are what are some guidance you can give for others who want to start on that journey and may have some support network, may not? Like, how do you build that? Yeah. Be specific. When you ask for help, be very specific about what your need base is and how frequently you're going to have to tap into people. That was the first lesson that I had because everybody's very busy. I think a lot of people have good intentions, but if you don't tell them exactly what you need, you don't get anything from it. Right. So being specific, um, being realistic, <laughs> you know, <laughs> that's hard. I need $10 million by... Ex in two hours. Yes. <laughs> Yo, that works that, really well, yeah, by okay, the way. Okay. Yeah. Specific, right? <laughs> yeah. Not realistic. But, but <laughs> unrealistic. Yeah. yeah. And be educated. Um, that was the other thing that I really needed to educate myself on. If I'm going to go look for VC money, what are the, what's the framework that they're looking for? Mm -hmm. um, and then furthermore, the I very quickly established my advisory board. Mm -hmm. And again, being specific, I made sure that they had skin in the game. Yeah. So I immediately, which I think a lot of people do, but this is just an example. I immediately made sure that they had equity, an equity stake in my business. Yeah. And I guess I should say in our business, yes. um, because that's really what it is, is. As soon as you invite other people in, it's theirs as well. And so that notion of this is something I get to build with people I trust, I admire. Uh, it was pretty amazing to see people come out and show that support. Yeah. So what, um, like your, for your first advisor, or is it any of the yeah. advisors who joined? Like how, how, how did that conversation go? How did you set it up? How did you know you needed that person versus someone else? Like mm. as you're starting to create that advisory support system. Sure. So the first person I reached out to, um, there's no shame in saying who she is because it was really beautiful. Uh, mm -hmm. The woman's name is Deanna Brown. Mm -hmm. She has been, she's an entrepreneur, but she's also been in corporate America. She was president of Scripps Network, which is food yeah. network. And yeah. And um, for folks who don't know, I'm, I was nodding. Yes, there might be people on the line <laughs> or listening who don't. Scripps Network, food, they own Food Network. Food Network, um, DIY. Oh, goodness. Um, it's a huge publishing company, It's an, right? it's an enormous, but it's, yeah. it's a big, like big media. Like Time, Inc. and brands yes. like that. Maybe yes. bigger, yeah. But anyway, I reached, I reached out to Deanna Brown and said, I'm thinking about leaving my job. This is my idea. This is my vision. And I would like, so I hadn't left yet. I would like some advice. And, uh, you know, I'm thinking I will probably do this in, again, would specificity in a month. And here's my, how I'm going to run my MVP. And I would like you to be my first advisor. And she scheduled a call and then immediately said, I would like to support anything that Stephanie Sanborn's doing, wow. but this is a great idea. And how can I help? Wow. So going through kind of and finding somebody, we call them friendlies in business, right? Like finding that person that you can start to pave the way. And then the second one was easier and the third one was easier. And then my selection process was I knew I needed, I was bringing again, media and marketers together for a better experience. And so I found a few women and a few men that I've worked with in the past 
that come from those those uh, practices mm-hmm. and all incredibly successful and a couple of lawyers, too. <laughs> you, they're <laughs> no, always good to have around. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> lawyers are amazing, um, especially when you need them. <laughs> yes. And but you need a lot yeah. of legal support at the beginning. Yeah. You know, yeah. you, you forget when you used to walk down the hallway and you had right. your contract attorneys at your beck and call. All of a sudden, you're reviewing everything from an NDA that fortunately we've been in business, so we know it should be mutual and you look for the, the key clauses. But it's really nice when you start talking about content licensing, brand activations, and you're creating a new way of doing business. It's very nice to have a lawyer yeah. that you can call upon that gives you great advice. Yeah, so true. Um, so Stephanie, can you, are you able to talk about some of the um, LDF Foundation yeah. uh, work that, that you're exploring? Sure. So I've engaged with Leonardo DiCaprio Foundation in part because the work that they're doing is pretty remarkable about not only how they are deploying funds to protect animals, ocean, and land, they are really engaged in building awareness around the fact, which is what I learned, that only 3% of global philanthropy goes to the environment. And just in comparison for religion and philanthropy, that's 30%. So you have 3% to the planet, mm. 30% to the temple of religion. Mm-hmm. And so when you start to look at where is there opportunity in white space? There is fundamentally a wonderful opportunity to engage community. So we like to say content, community, and commerce. Mm-hmm. How do we bring the private sector in and have everybody give a framework and a opportunity for brands, marketers, and media to get involved in a, a really important pledge to the planet? And we started looking at models that may have worked back in the day. So you look at RED, Project RED that Bono launched. Mm-hmm. And that was 12 years ago, which is kind of remarkable. And they did a wonderful job. But we have this incredible opportunity with technology and media today and the ability to build global communities through these platforms. And so that's where we're focused today is how do we engage the private sector to significantly lift from 3%, um, maybe a 10x, just to put a stake in the ground. Mm. How do we build to a 10x global philanthropy for our planet? Yeah, And that makes me wake up every morning so excited. And, you know, in my marketing world, we would call that cause marketing or corporate social responsibility. It's fundamentally just gorgeous storytelling and enabling communities around the world to plug into something that can uh, make this world work again. And that makes me feel pretty uh, rejuvenated, (laughs) rejuvenated, Yeah, you know, because everything we've been talking about, how exhausting it is and, you know, your power source, what's what's the power source to keep you running? And to know that I'm working with wonderful people, a great cause, and hopefully delivering an opportunity soon for the world to plug in, mm. that, that's wonderful. That, <laughs> that, that's something that I can certainly, um, I hope to build a 
a new format or a new uh, framework that can go to, it doesn't always have to be the planet, right? There are a mm -hmm. lot of causes today that are worthy of attention. And so I'm hopeful that we prove this new model and then it can be applied and replicated across other cause marketing initiatives. Amazing. Yeah, <laughs> I'm having cool. fun. Yeah. Well, with that, Stephanie, it's been a pleasure. Thank you so much. Uh, Thank for you, being Brian. On the show. Women in Tech is an independently funded project funded by you, the community. So the way that you could support us is by going to patreon.com slash women in tech and making a small contribution. Every little bit counts. That's Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash women in tech. Thank you so much for believing in our vision. Thank you for being a listener of the Women in Tech podcast. To support the podcast and cheer us on, become an MVL Most Valuable Listener, go to womenintech.love, linked in the show notes.